Uh, welcome back, everybody, to the uh, never-ending story of our great country here. It's Rick Wagner getting it right here on KNZZ KGLN. We are warring, making war, rather, on wrong here. Wrong surrounds us, my friends. Everywhere we look, wrong, wrong, wrong. And so all we can do is fight back against it. And we're trying here. We are indeed. So thanks for joining us. Uh, we are, of course, at 1100, 980. Uh, we are all, that's on the AM. And we're easily found on 92.7 and 101.3. We're all over Western Colorado, Eastern Utah. So thanks for joining with us. And once again, the ships at sea out there, uh, we don't want to leave them out. Uh, quite a week. You know, folks, I, I really feel fairly positive about this election coming up, um, but I, I've been let down so many times before. <laughs> I'm I'm really hoping for things. Uh, we are going to try and get somebody on, one or two people on next week, so you can hear from them again. I'm thinking about getting Joe O'Day in again, our Senate candidate. He did a pretty good job when he was on last time. I was pretty happy with him. Uh, I don't have any trouble voting for him. But I do feel that uh, I didn't ask him about this controversy between him and Trump. Here what he has to say about that. It's not a disqualifier. I mean, not when you're looking at Michael Bennett as your choice. I think it's it's good to ask and find these things out. Many people are interested in them. If they're interested in it, I want to talk about it. That's kind of what I'm supposed to do here, at least as I see it. On another topic, you folks know how you'll see something every so often, maybe a glimpse of some something going on some story that you saw out there that seems to encapsulate some whole thing, a larger issue, something. It's just kind of that, that's the story, you know. You know, that's Biden's America. There were a couple of stories this week that I, uh, that I saw that I really wanted to talk about because I think they do that. Now, I posted these on our website at therickwagnershow.com or also politicalviking.com, which is our uh, nom de plume on uh, other places on the internet. I'm going to combine them at some point here, as soon as I can figure out how to do that. <laughs> I am on my own worst enemy, and yet I'm the only tech person I have, so it's a very difficult thing. But here's a here's one. I I, I this I think I put this up Thursday. Here's a headline for you: Young mom, 14 who was among four teens to die in horror crash after they stole a hot-wired Kia car and TikTok Kia challenge before losing control. Now, it's easier if you see it than if you hear it, but even just hearing it, that headline is so full of many wrong things, many problematic things about what's going on in our country and with, with kids and criminal justice and society and cultural norms uh, that it just jams them all together. And I, I saw that headline and I read the story and I just thought I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't go by without discussing it because it, it, it brings out so much. I mean, look at this young mom. I have to put mom kind of in quotation marks. A 14, a 14-year-old mother, which means unless, you know, it, there's a very good chance that uh, this means that that she, you know, was impregnated with a child when she was 13. That's a problem. That's not healthy in our society these days to have moms that are 14 years old. It's it's not. It's it should be shocking to people, and the fact that it, it's less and less shocking all the time to hear things like that is a real problem. 
and then you go down to that there's a car crash, and it's because she was with a group that hotwired a car, and so they stole a car. There's another problem, isn't there? Is that that's not something you want to encourage, is it? It's not a healthy behavior. So you have someone that's had a child when they were 14 who's now stealing a car, not even for, like, selling it or anything like that, but because it was part of a challenge on social media. And really one of the worst social media is TikTok. I mean, Facebook's bad in its own way. Certainly its own way. All of them are bad. Terrible. But uh, TikTok, you know, with young people is uh, nothing but problems. Uh, it destroys their self-esteem. Many of them are not mature enough to know that what they're seeing is an illusion. Uh, when they look at other people's lives on uh, Instagram or TikTok or other things, they, they think that those people are telling the truth and that they are somehow far behind their peers and that their life is terrible. And, you know, it, it's they're living in a dreamland. This is as close to a pure fantasy in many instances you're going to get. It's very close to the idea of just living in a computer simulation. Many of these kids out here, folks, are so wired into TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and, you know, WhatsApp and uh, you name it, that their grounding to reality is pretty tenuous. Uh, they live in that world. They define themselves in that world. And that's why we're having teen suicides. That's why we're having this kind of thing with a person who's already set a very difficult life out in front of herself to continue doing it by thinking that it's a good idea to steal a car based on a TikTok video. Now, these these challenges that come out in social media, TikTok seems to be the one taking them over. Someone gets a weird idea, something that they do, and they challenge people to do it. And if it's kind of strange and funky and sometimes a little dangerous, uh, people will do it. And I remember, I want to say, six, eight months ago, maybe eight months ago, one of the t challenges was to uh, get your car, get it moving, get the car door open, get out of the car and dance with, of course, the camera on you. Because having a camera on you and your phone, or usually your phone, is an essential part of life for many people now. And so you're dancing outside your car with the car moving and you're supposed to get back in it. Well, a number of times uh, that didn't happen. Uh, that's an incredibly dangerous thing to do is let your car just sort of roll along and you're you know, doing the funky chicken out there on the car door uh, with your phone set up there so that you can post it to people you don't know in places you've never been, um, many of whom don't know or care about you and a lot of whom are... Uh, bits of code that we call bots. And so you're willing to risk your life for that. Uh, it's similar to that. And so there's a lot of those out there, you know, ice buck challenge. There was the eating tide pods, you know, that you used to push clothes with. Is that which was, you know, very harmful and, and was, frankly, I believe it might have killed a couple of children. Uh, that's all over the place. You know, and this isn't just one thing. I mean, people don't, become fixated on social media and stuff just because of it. Now, 
it is insidious. There's no question about it. And it's hard to fight because people are unable to tear themselves away from it. But why is that? See, there's the other layer we have to ask ourselves. Why is this what they're doing all of the time? Is there nothing else to do? Is this what passes for entertainment? Because here's the funny thing about it, is that no matter how much dancing and jerking and uh, rolling around on the hood of your car, whatever the, the latest trend might be on the social media sites, it's a weirdly passive thing because you're performing alone or maybe with a friend, I guess, sometimes. But it's it's a solo performance to get adulation or attention or something from maybe not even real people. It's a very strange kind of uh, Truman show, if you remember that, remember that movie, you know, where you're, you're sort of, except these people are trying to live a reality show by not being in their own reality, pretending to be something, for a group of people that they don't know for no apparent reason. Now, there are ones out there that make serious money, which is disturbing, uh, by doing these things, influencers as they were. But it's not a really a viable way to be a moneymaker. But it's a, it's a story to think about. There's another one I'll talk about next. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought we would use that uh, Twilight Zone introduction for those of you that uh, heard it. If you're on the podcast and stuff, you, you don't hear that. But uh, we use a little Twilight Zone introduction because, of course, what better induction to use when we're discussing things that Joe Biden says? And uh, the first segment there, I talked a, lot, a little about this uh, newspaper story from the, the Daily Mail, and it's in other places as well. And... But there were two or three stories this week out there that I just thought had to be discussed. And uh, if you hadn't seen them, at least highlighted. And like I said, you can find them at our website at therickwagnershow.com. And this is, strangely enough, Rick Wagner. Uh, but uh, let's let's see a little bit about old Joe. First, uh, just to give you some, you know, kind of bracket this properly, uh, Joe this week uh, got lost in his own garden there at the White House. Uh, I don't think that's probably surprising to a lot of people out there, which is very sad, too. Um, sad for us uh, that, you know, the president of the United States, uh, who lives at the White House at least part of the year, remember, he's coming up on 200 days of being in Delaware, and we don't know what he's doing there. They won't tell us who's visiting or what's going on. I have a couple of theories, of course, and I've discussed them here. One, uh, an enormous underground laboratory, or laboratory in this case, I think is a better way to say it, uh, where they have these large Van de Graaff generators, which are those things you see in old movies where, like, electricity jumps between these poles back and forth. And there's a series of test tubes and so forth. And uh, after a few hours of activity, they take Joe back up to Delaware uh, and uh, put him in some sort of vial and then uh, crank this stuff up. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's... It's we're following the science here, folks. You know, I mean, I think that's that's what we have to do. We are following the science and, um, you know, cranking him up so they can get be used out there and teeter around for another 20, 30 minutes. I don't know how long they had to stay in uh, in this sort of uh, laboratory situation in order to get him fired up enough to have that uh, dark Brandon uh, sort of uh, Phantom of the Opera speech he gave uh, in front of the Philadelphia building. Uh, the you know Independence Hall with the red background and waving his arms around and 
accusing everybody of being against him in some weird way, I think is how I took it. But there's that. And the other one is that this other theory, which I'm, I'm really leaning on, um, that uh, just prior to him ascending to office, uh, he was cloned, maybe two or three different clones. Unfortunately, they were unable to clone him earlier. So they're stuck with kind of where he's at now, which means his energy level, even as a clone, is only about 45 minutes. So they have to keep exchanging him up there uh, and then bringing him back. And then as that one wears out, they go up and, and have that one recharged in some way. I'm, I'm guessing some, once again, some sort of electrical system. And uh, they bring another one down. Now, I'm not suggesting I know that. It's just a guess. I think it's as good a guess as any. So, uh, but anyway, he does get lost in the Rose Garden. They were planting a tree this week for a groundskeeper there that had passed away. They'd been there 50 years, you know, almost as long as Joe's been, you know, taking your money. And uh, so they planted a tree in his honor. And then also to honor the groundskeeper, Joe wandered aimlessly off uh, and couldn't, didn't know where he was at, had to be, you know, reeled back in again. And, that so that's sort of the idea because after that, oh, the next day, uh, he comes out with, I think a, a very, and once again, this is this is one of those things that it's crazy. It's kind of funny to talk about, but it's it's evocative of where things are at and where the progressives are at and certainly where Joe's at. Uh, he said that airlines forcing customers to pay for extra leg, leg room you know, uh, business class seat or uh, seats that, uh, once again, have more legroom, I suppose, you know, by the exit or one of those kinds of things, uh, is racist because it hits marginalized Americans and people of color the most as he cracks down on excessive fees. Okay. Uh, what does that mean? Well, when I wrote, I wrote that day a little comment and I said, uh, this angry loon, I think that probably is Joe, has gone completely off the uh, deep end trying to get people of color who have gotten too smart for the far left's nonsense back on his train to nowhere. Silly, sad, and more than a little dangerous to call everything racist. And I still agree with what I said there. What do you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, there, doesn't that just paint a picture of this guy, this raving? Uh, obviously, they mentioned to him that he is, he is losing uh, the Hispanic vote. I mean, about 40% of the Hispanic votes are, are going to go to, looks like, possibly the Republicans. 21% or so of the black vote. They cannot take that. They need 90% or more of the black vote in most of these places, uh, especially this eastern, eastern seaboard and up around the Great Lake. They need at least 90% of those people, or they don't win. Um, they need to lock those votes, and they're not. These people are starting to see through this nonsense, and they're moving away. So instead of addressing... The things that are causing people to move away from them, which is we'd like to feel safe. We would like to be able to have productive and meaningful employment. Uh, we would like to not have uh, you push us towards a nuclear conflagration. Uh, you know, kind of little stuff. Instead of doing that, he thinks and his handlers and apparently the people in the DNC believe that what you do is you get people of color on your side by calling everything racist. And that since everything's racist, you need them to fix it. See, that's what it all means. You need these characters to fix the problem. So we label it as something that it's really not. It may be a little greedy, 
or it, whatever the case may be. It's certainly, you know, business. You label it that, and then you go fix the problem and say, look what we did for you. Now, you can't go outside because you're either going to get shot by a crazy person or pushed in front of a train or be in the crossfire of two gangs shooting at one another, or you're going to have to watch out for fentanyl that looks like candy. Uh, but those aren't important. What's important is that we've addressed the racist legroom charge. Yes, that is what you need to worry about. That's what makes the most important thing in your world go around. Racist charging. Do you wonder why they can't hold on to people? I don't understand why they have the voters they do. This is that thing, I mean, someone said the other day that, you know, they're on the economy, I think that he's down to about, you know, 76% or something that, you know, we're in the wrong direction and the economy's a problem. And someone asked, I, I, what, who are the 24% that thinks this is going okay? That's the big, the big question for me. And when I hear that, that makes me wonder about the, some of these elections because you look at some of these elections, some of these swing states and so forth, Colorado being one of them. I know we don't feel like a swing state, but we we kind of are, and we should be. If you look at the voting demographic in this place, we shouldn't have all these blue representatives. We shouldn't have a completely Democrat statewide elected official in the state of Colorado. It's nuts. They don't have the numbers to do that. We're just we're just letting it happen by being disorganized and ignored over on the Western Slope and other you know sort of bastions of uh, good sense in the state. But nevertheless, I mean, do you have any trouble seeing why why these people are drifting away from them? And to some extent, they don't they don't obviously don't understand what is important to people, but they don't even understand what what are important to some of the ethnic groups that they're trying to influence. The, the assumption from them. And, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Sandy Cortez, as uh, we all like to call him from Tucker, um, has said that, well, the reason they're going away is because of illegal immigration. You haven't done enough to make immigration easier. Easier? <laughs> sort of setting like a ski lift with, uh, you know, that runs 24 hours a day from, uh, you know, Nogales or someplace across the border and give somebody, you know, a $200 gift card when they step into the country. We couldn't make it any easier. You can't get into this country for many reasons by trying to fly into an airport or coming to a port of call and going through customs, but you're going to wander across the border with any number of problems and any number of things that aren't checked for, that are checked for. I mean, it makes no sense. It is, it is literally a dissonance of policy. I mean, it just, it make, it's, it's, make, doesn't make any sense. And so, what she has said is, now she didn't think she said this, she said that statement, and what she really said through the translation device is, hello, I don't have any idea what I'm talking about, but I phrase everything as battles against race. And so if I believe that, then uh, people of a certain ethnic background are going to support having a lot more people that I perceive to be like them. Well, a lot of Hispanics don't think that people fogging in from other countries across the border are like them. That's the racist statement. And when you hear that, then you realize what's going on is these people have come down to two things. Abortion on demand forever. In other words, you know, from all the way up until delivery, these people will not ever say when enough is enough. 
and that everything's racist. Now, that's their platform, really, or some version of it. There's no planks in their platform, really, that doesn't involve that anymore. Uh, well, that's not fair. I mean, we, we also have the transgender piece that is wildly outside and another bit of dissonance there. When you look at the numbers of people that that may or may not affect versus the effect they have on the political system, it's it's crazy. I know I keep using that term. For instance, ask yourself, when did dragging seven- and eight-year-olds to drag shows become a thing? What to think about that in the next segment. Okay, we're back. We are back. Thanks for sticking with us here. By the way, you can write me at rickwagner at mail.com. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting that again. And you can take a look at a lot of the stories when we reference stories and a lot of the things we talk about at our website, therickwagnershow.com or politicalviking.com. That's our nom de plume in uh, some of the, I guess it's social media, YouTube and podcasting. Is that social media? I don't think it is. Well, kind of. I don't even know what social media is. I'm, I'm not a very social person anyway, so it's hard for me to kind of nail that down. But uh, let's get back to Biden's America because it's trickled down everywhere. You know, he was all worked up this week as his, as, as, you know, you know mega, mega trickle-down economics. I'm telling you, the lies are inconceivable, <laughs> this guy. I I didn't think that he was able to amplify the percentage of his rhetoric that was completely untrue, but he has. Not only was he uh, had himself as a starting football player on a team that he was never a starter and possibly not a football player on earlier and all that kind of stuff, but we're used to that. We're used to the grandiosity. And, you know, when you're an unconsequential person your entire life, where your existence is defined by a job that you inhabit, I'm not going to say he does a job, that he inhabits the job, because he was put there as sort of a, a bag man for the credit card companies in Delaware. He agreed to that, just like he agreed to be whatever the far left would do if they helped him become president. It's the same thing. Uh, but he was a bag man. In other words, he did whatever they said. He just, you know, carried their water back and forth, voted the way they wanted to. Some of you may remember, this is back days when we had corporations that were actually American corporations. And so they were still concerned about where they incorporated. And so Delaware, being a tiny state, uh, the county I'm at, and many of you listening and are familiar with in Colorado, but if you're not, my county's 3,300 square miles. That's bigger than Delaware. So once you're in a job there, if somebody pours enough money in your campaign uh, and it's a relatively blue-type state like Delaware, you could just sit there and roost like any, you know, just like a chicken with its eyes crossed, which is pretty much Biden. You'll be okay as long as you do what you're told. He always did that. He was inconsequential in every position he's ever had. And as I've said here before, the Bidens never made any money. I mean, he couldn't even hardly hold on to the money he made in Congress. He never really made any money until he started moving up the ladder on committees so that you get to be on important committees. Remember, the Congress has the really just Jim Dandy way of promoting people based on how long they've been there. Think about that. You essentially are in an operation there that you promote people because they've been there a long time, yet you have nothing to say about how they're elected. <laughs> so you end up with Maxine Waters as the chairman of the House Banking Committee, a woman who, you know, 
probably can't balance a checkbook, and if she could, you wouldn't want to trust it. You have that. You have Biden slowly matriculating around through the Senate until eventually he's the chairman of something when there's a a Democrat-run uh, Congress. As uh, Clarence Thomas can tell you what a sweet guy Biden could be when he tried to rehabilitate himself after his disastrous presidential run by attacking Clarence Thomas relentlessly during his confirmation hearings. And that was all at the behest of the left. That was the price he paid for his swan dive during his uh, 1988 presidential run, where his uh, just plagiarism and lies were actually reported by the mainstream media, and he just had to you know, run back and uh, cower in the Senate until people forgot and until the media got so corrupt that they wouldn't report on all he things he's done in the past. So there he is. And it wasn't until he had some influence and or knowledge. Don't, here's the other thing. People talk about his influence. Ooh, influence. Well, that is true that the chairman of these committees have a tremendous amount of power over what the committee hears because they can decide what hearings to hold and they can decide what bills get heard or when they get heard and all those kinds of things. That's a very powerful position. So that's worth something. But you know what else is worth something? Knowledge. Now, I know when I say knowledge, the face of Joe Biden does not appear magically in front of you. <laughs> but by that we mean information that he has access to. That information can be very valuable. Information can uh, have a lot of power associated with it. So anybody in Congress has the ability to transact information that they're aware of, and not necessarily even illegally. Although I wouldn't necessarily say that about Joe, but uh, from what we've seen. But that that knowledge, that ability to access information others do not have either any access to or are not readily available is is valuable. So Joe didn't really start making any money to buy his mansion and his uh, his big beach house in Delaware. I don't know about you, but Delaware is not where I thought about, gee, let's go to the beach. Well, what about Delaware? But anyway, he has one. And that wasn't until all that started happening. But we live in this this man's America, essentially, now. Now, I don't know if it's his making or if he is just a conduit. He is essentially an empty vessel, so I think he's just a conduit. And uh, he's he's a sort of a angrier, even dumber kind of uh, teetering mess like Kamala. Uh, Kamala Harris, if you look at her history, has no ethical rudder whatsoever. She doesn't believe in anything. Uh, she, if it's to her interest to put people in jail in California on marijuana, fine. If it's her interest to pretend like that never happened and talk about how people shouldn't be jailed for marijuana crimes now, then she'll do that. And she will have no problem with it. There will be no hesitation, nothing. Now, there will be hesitation, confusion, and word salad when she tries to express herself because she seems to have some wiring difficulties up there, uh, but between her ears, but she, you know, she doesn't care. That's a, if you just look at her positions over time, they're they're inconsistent and completely unexplained. She cannot explain her positions now, really, but that's the result of the word salad problem. But she certainly can't explain the change in positions. Uh, she is pretty much about as able to ex- explain that as uh, Fetterman was uh, able to explain his changing position on fracking. He at least has an excuse. Kamala just is who she is. 
it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in 2024 because I can't imagine that the Democrats are going to allow Joe to try and run again. And if he's not running again, and there's all these people lining up out here. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> I want to see him in a stocking cap sitting in a garden. He is a garden gnome if there's ever been one. Uh, that's your choice. Uh, Cory Booker will probably raise the Spartacus flag again and, and, you know, try and charge backward into battle. Uh, Bernie Sanders thinks that he can run for president until he's a hundred. Uh, it'll be that same group again. And, but there'll be a couple more in there and you know, there's some people sort of maneuvering around. And Gavin Newsom thinks that he's the, uh, the diamond dog candidate from, uh, California. You know, he's got the haircut. So he figures he's halfway there. And in reality, he probably has an inside track simply because he comes from a populous state. He has, uh, you know, abil- the ability to express himself in sort of a very th- ephemeral way. But when compared to the others, he's, he's a genius or at least a genius at expressing. You know, you look at the rest of them and it looks like the island from broken toys fairy broke down at the, at the debate. And so, you know, there's going to a couple of people like that. They're going to surface. And so. Those guys are going to be in the wings, but he has the Kamala problem. Kamala thinks that she should run for president next. She should be the nominee. And, you know, for the reasons he chose her, he now is trapped by her, or the party is. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, she is going to say that if she's not allowed to run again, it's sexism, racism. Uh, what would be something that where you discriminate against morons? Is that moronism or is it just, that's good sense. Yeah, that's it. And so it's, it's not going to be pretty because it's going to tear things apart and that's okay with me, (laughs) but, uh, why not? I, I think that they, they deserve what they've asked for and they've asked for this terrible mess. And you know, what's funny is the mess that they have with candidates. You can trace the footsteps backward from that to the Clintons. Because remember, Hillary, after Obama, Hillary was not going to let anybody else, she thought, reappear on the scene. And the Clintons, despite the fact that Obama was running the party and this and that, still had control over a lot of the money and things like that in the Republican and Republican, the Republican Party, too, probably. So in the Democrat Party. And they worked pretty hard behind the scenes. People that know these things tell me to make sure that there was not going to be that much of a problem for her in 2016. So they cleaned out a lot of people. So 2016 comes, she loses, and then it's Trump, and there's not really a a good bench. And because the left hated Trump so badly, uh, everybody and their brother decided to jump on the bandwagon and try and run because they thought, well, if we could get out there, then, you know, the left will all support us because, you know, the progressives don't like Trump. So it brought all these nut jobs out of the, the Elizabeth Warrens, who will probably run again too, by the way. All these folks appeared just sort of like a bad penny. And it'll happen again. But part of that reason is right back to Hillary. I mean, she really did not want any competition. And the Clintons worked very hard at keeping anybody from really arising. I don't think they thought, you know, Pete Buttigieg and Cory Booker and... uh Oh, even uh, Tulsi Gabbard was the, was the wild card for them, and they did everything in the world to get rid of her. Remember, she was a Russian agent. <laughs> Still is, apparently. Yeah, she's a Putin agent. I mean, you can tell by the fact that, uh, 
you know, she's in the military, that uh, she has a sterling record on many things. I, I don't necessarily trust her, don't get me wrong. Uh, we've seen that too often. We're, we're very anxious as conservatives when we hear someone who we thought was liberal say a couple of conservative things. Oh, they've changed. No, they haven't most of the time. We're just seeing some slices of remarks that they've made. Bill Maher is a perfectly good example of that. Bill Maher from, you know, his, uh, what is it? Uh, i trying to remember the name of his sh- shows, un- Politically Incorrect or whatever. If you watch the pieces that see, you see surface on some of the news sites, Breitbart and stuff like that, of him criticizing the Dems, it sounds pretty good. And those pieces are, I think they're kind of spot on. But if you ever watch the show and you watch the whole thing around these pieces, yeah, he's just as bit a, big of a progressive jerk as he's always been. And these are just things because he's worried that the progressives might lose. He doesn't care about these issues like, you know, some of our friends would have believe. Oh, he's changed. No, he hasn't changed. He doesn't care about it. I mean, he's mad because they're hurting his cause. And the other piece of it is that it kind of hurts his kind of comedy because comedy really is something that's getting squeezed down right now. I mean, if you're a comedian and, you know, most comedians sort of, uh, and I'm not talking about the ones who, if, if you listen to oh, any of the comedians on Comedy Central and stuff, it's just pretty much what used to, they used to call working blue, you know, where the occasional cuss words and, you know, um, sexual jokes and this and that. Yeah, that's all it is. So uh, there, I don't mean necessarily that. But the ones that try and actually be funny about society and things that, that really, those are successful comedians lots of times, and they're more long-lasting. Well, these guys are having a real trouble because... The way you do that is you make fun of things and you make fun of kind of the prevailing uh, political climate. And if you try and make fun of the prevailing p- political climate with everything's racist, every, you know, trans rights, this, that, I mean, you, you almost cannot step anywhere without offending someone. I mean, they're professionally offended. That's tons of people out there like that now. They, they've decided they become somebody and they become important by being offended victims. And that has a currency now. And so they're just waiting out there. If you're a comedian, it's very hard to tell jokes about the prevailing political climate without immediately being canceled. So he's worried about that. He doesn't like that. And I think that's probably a fair criticism. I mean, it used to be that you could see comedy kind of about both sides of the spectrum. I mean, I hate to go back too far in time. But Johnny Carson and uh, Jay Leno, even to some extent, uh, they were even-handed. I mean, if whatever was whoever was in power, they made fun of, and that used to be how it was. It was sort of you know the king's fool. You know, his job was to make fun of the person in power. Then it just started changing, and now it's just one unfunny screed on the network television shows in the evening. Uh, Nobody watches them. Think about it. Greg Gutfeld's show on Fox is a cable show. Now, not everybody has cable. A lot of you out there might not have cable. And it is Fox, which means it's not even in every market, because some markets try very hard, you know. So, oh, no, we don't want Fox here. Uh, and so I'm trying to remember that Fox News is in D.C., but it, I think it has to come through. I don't know. There's something weird about it. it. It was hard to get for a long time in DC. So it's not even, it's not even everywhere. And, uh, on top of being cable, it's not even available everywhere. And it's beating those network shows that are free 
and all you have to do is turn the TV on someplace with a signal, and there they are. And it's beating those. It gives you some idea how bad those are, that people are tuned, are tuning those out to the extent that Gutfeld, that gets good ratings, very good ratings for cable, still cable. Right? So it tells you how bad that is out there. And it's it's gotten you know, to where it's hard to be funny. I'll tell you what's not funny here in Biden's America, though, is uh, looking at some things, is uh, service in the uh, in the world. Have you noticed that what I worry about is that we are, are living in a time now where we've had COVID and then uh, supply chain and then we can't hire people and this and that. Everywhere you go, it's slower, drastically more expensive. I tell you about my uh, experience buying a hamburger on Friday, but uh, which was slow, expensive, and not very good. But it seems to me like some places I get the feeling that there's an excuse in the air. You know, well, how come this isn't? It's COVID. Well, COVID's kind of a uh, uh, supply chain. Uh, I see there's some out there, just not display uh, 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 personnel. I think that there's people in some businesses that are taking advantage of these things as excuses for just things aren't going well. We're not very good managers, or whatever the case may be. And actually... That's probably true to some extent. I mean, if you are a little shorthanded and have all these problems, better management is going to shine. So some of that may be true. But what I get worried about is that the left would like you to forget. They certainly want the children either to forget or not know that things used to be better. This is something that really bothers me, and and maybe it's just me. But if things go sort of Soviet like they are now, and I don't mean necessarily the tyranny of the government and all this and that, all of that's certainly coming, uh, but I mean this sort of, you know, waiting in line for a piece of sausage and uh, no selection in society and, uh, you know, government regulation hamstringing everything to where it just doesn't run well and, you know, your cars are really expensive, won't won't take you very far, uh, travel is next to impossible, it's either wildly expensive or the vehicles I want you to have won't take you anywhere. Um, you know, it, it, it's that sort of gray, concrete, sort of uh, overcast Soviet day. You know what I mean? And I, I kind of think that there's a real danger that the people that are the authors of this would be just fine if it went on long enough to where you kind of forgot that things were a lot better at one point. And they'd really like to control the schools and the educational environment so that you just don't know what things were like before. You know, the, if you're a seven-year-old, if we, if we get a hold of it for four or five years and keep things like this in that overcast Soviet day, uh, you can tell them, they, they can think that, well, that's just the way it is. You don't be mad at us because it isn't very good anymore. It's always been like this. It is the 1984 thing, as much as I hate to reference that like so many people do, but it is true. One of the things if you read 1984, and a lot of us haven't read it for a long time, I read it again a few years ago, is one of the things that takes place in 1984 all the time is this constant revision of history. The state in that book controls history and information. Uh, you know, and so they just change it. So, you know, one of the one of the things is uh you know, the allies or the Sino-Soviet, uh, I can't remember what they call them, uh, Western Alliance. Uh, first they were there, they were allied with them and then there's, then they attack them, right? 
So the news becomes, we have always been at war with the Sino-Soviet alliance, right? Because they just figure people will forget. They, they can't access the information about what happened, and enough time passes, some people just get confused, and others never know the difference. And it's one of the things I worry about if you control the school system, is you can just make people think that, you know, and we see it already. The past is bad, it's racist, it's terrible, it's, you know, all that kind of thing. You don't need to know about the past, we'll tell you what it was, it was bad, okay, move on. The future is so much better. Well, wait a second. We don't have any, we don't have very good food. Deliveries are slow. Uh, we don't really live like Americans did 10 years ago or five years ago. Yeah. Well, we're just not going to let you know that. That's bad. You don't need to know that. And in a few years, people that know that will sound like they're telling old wives tales. Yeah. My granddad said that they used to be drive wherever they wanted. They had a car. It burned gasoline. And believe me, I would, and this is a funny thing. He said that he could go through another state. In his own car. Can you imagine that? I mean, our cars don't go that far. They're electric. They only go 50 miles, you know, and, and they're, we can't afford to charge them up. I think granddad's just old. He's just making these stories up. That's what I worry about. And if you let people have their way in this, that's what will happen. Which brings me to another topic associated. Uh, the basic pieces of government. Your city councils, your school boards, city, uh, rather city and county governments, your county commissioners, those have to be taken back, folks. They have to be. They are as important in their own way as the Senate, the presidency and things, because they affect you every day. They affect your school systems. They affect what the children are learning, what's in the books. They affect how your money's and the cutting back of things. You know, before you know it, you'll be told what kind of grass you can grow and if you can have a natural gas fireplace in your house or if you have to have an electric stove and electric heating that'll be required. These things are, are happening other places. They may be happening where you're at. If you don't get in front of that and get rid of these people on your councils and school districts and your commissions, that's how you're going to live. You better, you better think about that. Yet right here where I'm at, where we had a big uh, change in the school board, because a lot of people put their shoulder to the wheel and change the school board from liberal to much more conservative. It took a lot of folks, and it took some money. Well, this very week, the city council, who sees the handwriting on the wall in four months when their election is, uh, passed a campaign finance. Yeah, to keep big money out of po- You mean money to run people against you, right? It's, it's transparent. It's clear as day. Folks, get out there and get those people out of office that shouldn't be there. Right? You can do it. We're back next week. Talk to you then.